Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. What is up, Rangers fans? Thank you so much for being back here on the channel. If you're listening to this live, if you're watching this on replay or listening to this on replay, thank you so much for, for being here, too, for another episode of uh, Rangers Review. Myself, alongside Staff Boy Steven. Uh, Steven, we have a lot to discuss, and we got a lot of fans already in here in the live stream because, unfortunately, I was out of town. I was in Pittsburgh. You guys know I'm more mainly known for covering the New York Mets and went to Pittsburgh just to see the Mets lose to a walk-off Grand Slam. So that is how my weekend went. No less, Steven, how has the past couple 48 hours been for you uh saturday was wild um yeah didn't look like the rangers were gonna make a move uh, and then they made two in like a, the, the span of a few minutes um of course the big one or hopefully it'll be the big one uh is barkley goudreau uh the third line winger of the tampa bay lightning who just won two cups with them um he's an unrestricted free agent uh next week so the Rangers gave up a seventh round pick to acquire his negotiating rights. Um, seventh round picks are a shot in the dark anyway. So I, I, I will never lose sleep over giving up a seventh rounder. Um, so yeah, he's one of the guys that I really wanted on this team. Uh, so as, you know, as you know, I've been harping the depth uh, route more than acquiring a guy like Eichel. I think our bottom six is the biggest weakness on this team. Um, and a guy like Goudreau is uh, is a good fit. Um, of course, we still need to sign him, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. How that works with Seattle, because you know they we didn't protect him, so technically they have an opportunity to sign him as a free agent. Um, yeah, that was a good move. And then in the same tweet, it was announced. I don't even remember who it was. I think it was Darren Drager um, that Brett Howden was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for a fourth round pick. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to get into all that. Um, yeah, something that I wasn't expecting. I thought that Howden, if anything, was just going to find himself exposed for the expansion and maybe the Rangers would get fortunate to lose him versus, say, even a Colin Blackwell or a, a Julian Gauthier. And we're going to get into all that, though. But no less, a lot happened with the Rangers, and I'm pretty excited for it. And let's just dive right in with uh, Barkley Goudreau. So, again, or Goudreau, however you would like to pronounce his name, guys, so no one heckles me here in the chat during the live stream. Goudreau, again, guys, Goudreau, Goudreau, potato, potato. It doesn't matter. All I know is that he will be a New York Ranger, and it looks like he's going to be a New York Ranger for a while because, as a lot of you guys know, right now over the past 15, 20 minutes, according to Frank Cervelli, has reported that while a deal is not final, it looks like the Rangers have been gaining traction on a new contract with their newly acquired winner, in which it'll be right around six years at a 3.6 AAV. Uh, yes, that does look like it's a little high, but again, this is exactly what Barkley would be gaining on free agency, if not bigger. So this should not be coming as a um, surprise to anyone. And I see some people in the chat. It may very well be front-loaded. That is true. It's going to be interesting to see how the actual deal is structured, because I guarantee it won't be strictly 3.6 every single year. It's, that's just the AAV, as we know. But, Stephen, let me just hear your initial thoughts on that. And, again, thank you all so much to everyone currently here in the live stream. Appreciate you guys. Please make sure to stay tuned all the way until the end, where we will be taking some questions for the last 
15 minutes or so of the stream in the new episode of Rangers Review. So, Stephen, how do you feel about that potentially being the contract? And then I want to get into your thoughts here on how will this impact Seattle? Because that was the first thing that crossed my mind. If a deal gets done now, say mm-hmm. officially before Friday, he's not going to be protected. And while maybe Seattle would be uh, um, less likely to take on that contract, that is still a risk, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain to that in a minute. But first of all, um, yeah, six years is long for a bottom six player. On the other hand, if you think back, if we could have signed Jesper Foss for six years back in 2017, I'm pretty sure everyone would have been on board with it. I know Goudreau is a little bit older than Foss was back then. Uh, so, yeah, you're taking a risk. But this is a guy that that didn't just win two cups with Tampa. You know, he was a solid contributor in in San Jose for the Sharks. Exactly. Uh, this isn't this isn't a guy like Blackwell who was a journeyman in the AHL and out of the blue had a good season. Um, Blackwell and, and Goudreau are basically the same age. I think they're one year apart. But the difference in games, I think, is almost 200 NHL games. So that shows you the difference between a guy like Goudreau and a guy like Blackwell. Um, I, I expect him to sign with the Rangers. Um, when these deals are made, especially for UFA rights, uh in, in most cases there is an understanding between the player and the team there's mutual interest to make it happen um so i i don't expect that to change um and you know goudreau is not a stranger to the ranger organization either because nine years ago in 2012 he was actually invited to the rangers prospect camp um he never signed a contract with the rangers but now almost a decade late decade later they uh, they finally got him on board um and Goudreau is exactly what this team needs. Uh, we talked about this in the past. Uh, people talk about size. I don't really care about size. I care about you know bringing some physicality on top of the talent and and the skills to help you win games. And Goudreau does that. He he won't score thirty goals, but for for the bottom six, he brings everything you want. He he brings some physicality, but he also helps you win games, and that's perfect. That's the guy we need. Uh, guys like him, Thomas Nosek, who's still available in free agency, uh, Blake Coleman, who will probably get a little bit more because he doesn't want to play a bottom six role. Um, those are the guys that the Rangers should be going after. That's how you round out the team, and that's how you go into the next phase of a rebuild. We talked about this in the past. You know, uh, The talented players are the hardest to acquire, so those are the ones you target in the draft. You're not going to target a guy like Goudreau at 18, 19 years old in a draft with a first or second round pick. That's foolish. You know, they, they, they drafted Braden Schneider because on top of the physicality, he can also help you win games. And and later on, you you know, the, the skill set, when you have that on the team throughout the lineup, that's when you fill out the, uh, the, the rest of the spots with free agent signings, or in this case, a trade where you acquire his rights. So uh, six years might be a bit long, but 3.6 million, it's not breaking the bank. It's not going to hurt us uh, as much as some people might think. No, uh, and I think – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, and the other thing you uh, you, you talked about with Seattle, um, Goudreau is not protected. So Correct. Uh, what, what a ba- how it basically works is that I think on Saturday the lists were uh, finalized. Seattle yep. now has 72 hours to negotiate a contract with any – pending unrestricted free agent who's not protected. So Gabriel Landeskog, for instance, uh, Alex Ovechkin, if he, if he wasn't protected, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. They can negotiate with these players. 
The only caveat is if Seattle agrees to terms with a player, that player counts as their expansion draft pick for that team. So if we look at Goudreau, in the unlikely scenario that Seattle signs Barclay Goudreau, Drury has basically given up a seventh-round pick to keep Colin Blackwell or Julian Gauthier, whoever Seattle would have picked otherwise. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, there, there, there's no downside to this move. Um, of course, I prefer if they keep Goudreau, uh, let them play back, uh, pick Blackwell. But we'll see what happens in the upcoming days. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I just want to clear up. But that's a good point. One, with Goudreau's um, contract now, I feel it's going to be less likely for a team like them when there's a lot of players available. And I'd even like to expand on a little bit further in today's episode that uh, Seattle could find themselves picking that do have decent cap hits as it is. So they're going to be very strategic about how they choose everyone from every team. But going back into just this acquisition, when I saw it happen, I was ecstatic for it right away. And it was because, you know, we talked about it in our previous episode. Some people were asking, will we like a guy like Coleman or Goodrow? And I said that Coleman doesn't seem likely, uh, but a guy like uh, Goodrow could very well find himself landing on Broadway. And that's what happened. I think he brings everything that the Rangers have been looking for. As you alluded to, I was a solid fan of his and his final year with San Jose, where he's really starting to break out um, and then was getting a lot of interest. I was hoping that the Rangers would show interest in a guy like him. I thought it was foolish from uh, Breezebois to uh, offer up a first round pick for him during that time when he uh, came over from San Jose. Oh. Same thing with Coleman, but no less. When you look at how things have happened over the past few years, it was brilliant on hit Tampa's doing. They took advantage of what was given to them at the time. And, you know, th- those were the exact kind of X factors they need on their club. They need guys that could kill penalties without a problem, that could be fluctuated. Goudreau's a guy that could e- you could easily have on lines one through four, and he's yeah. not going to make that line worse. He's only going to add on to it. Very Jesper Fast-esque, but even has more grit to his game, I would say, and can get in those dirty areas. But he can bring the net front presence if you need him to. Again, he's really strong on the back check. I like a lot about his game, and yes, this is a big contract for him. Don't get me wrong. If it does become official at six years at 3.6 AV, but again, these are the exact players you need to win championships. It's the exact reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs, and just using them as an example, have not gone anywhere yet because they lack these kind of players in their bottom six still. The exact reason why Tampa Bay has actually gotten over that hump of being a really, really a strong team for the past six, seven years now, playoff-wise, but just couldn't get to that next level because they've been lacking those guys in their bottom six to really get them over the hump. That can, one, bring them scoring when need be, but two, just play a fantastic two-way game. And that's what Goudreau brings. We appreciate defense more than anything here, so to have a guy balances him who is versatile, might I add. He can play both the wing. He can play center if the Rangers need him to. He is a breath of fresh air for them. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring. Even if it is a six-year deal, trust me, I'm not going to be scoffing at it because that's going to be right in the heart of all the Rangers' deep runs. That hopefully begins the season. And as we were discussing this, no less, a comment came from uh, Chris Drury, and this is from Vince McCurgliano, who covers the Rangers, as many of you guys know by now. Shout out to Vince. Uh, he said this, and I quote, Drury sounds very confident in a deal game done with Gugro, saying the following. I think he's pretty versatile. I could see him doing a lot of different things for Gerard. We think he has a, a complete game and can help in a lot of different areas. Said he could also be playing on the center or the wing position. So that just goes in hand with what I was just alluding to there. He brings a lot to this club, and I just, I'm, this is exactly what they needed. You know, nothing personal, Brett Howden. We're going to get it to him in a second once we wrap up this guru discussion on the impact it brings. But the Rangers quickly have found a balance in this lineup. And as long as they continue to add some pieces here or there, they're going to be a drastically different team next season 
where you have the young kids that are hopefully able to thrive in the Lafreniere's, years, the Kakos, the et cetera's that are really offensively having, even though we know Kako is a fantastic two way game, you have the Panera's, the Mika's, et cetera. But then you're going to get that bomb six that just has such a good balance for it. I'm not going to be bothered if say later in the game, we have the third or fourth line, even out there in the crunch time of the final two minutes, because you know, they're gritty. You know that they have a good net front presence and can make something happen versus it being an end all where in a David Quinn era, you have to make sure that you're overworking your top six mightily in those last five minutes that you're down a goal. So this yeah. is going to benefit the uh, Rangers in more ways than one. And I'm pretty ecstatic about it, to be quite honest. Yeah. And if you look at what you alluded to, the first round picks that Tampa gave up, they gave up first round pick and they got two playoff series out of both Goudreau and Coleman. And this came a year after they were uh, swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, if you remember that. Yep. So they were the best team in the league. You know, they, they won the President's Trophy hands down. I think Kucherov finished that season with 127 points. 120 plus, yep. And then they dropped. Something they like that, yeah. And then first round against Columbus, they got swept. And that yep. was the Columbus team. That was the final year that they had Panarin. They went all in at the deadline. They added right. Duchesne and the Zingle. Um, they added Adam McQuaid, who, by the way, before Goudreau joins the Rangers, was the last Ranger with a the Stanley Cup Stanley ring Cup. in his pocket. Yeah. Um and they swept the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then that's when they realized they needed something extra. And and Goudreau and Coleman gave them that something extra, and it gave them versatility and depth throughout their lineup at forward. So uh, I'm pretty sure no one in Tampa is regretting giving up those first rounders. And um, and we're we're getting that guy for a seventh rounder. You know, he yeah, he's two years older, but um, six years is a long deal. But if you can get four good years out of it, and as one of the viewers alluded to, if it's a uh, front-loaded contract, makes it a little bit easier to deal, especially to budget teams like the Ottawa Senators, which we'll get to in a minute because there's yeah. some rumors there with another Ranger. Um, yeah, good deal. Happy with Goudreau. Um, I, I hope they, they continue on this route. I hope they go after a guy like Thomas Nosek um, and, then, and then just – iron out the uh, the wrinkles with uh, with how this team plays on the ice. Would you, would you be in more favor of a Tomas Nosek versus someone like a Tyler Bozak, for instance? <sighs> Tyler Bozak is a player I would have loved on the Rangers team maybe five, six years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Tomas Nosek play – I think Tomas Nosek fits the team better with what he brings. Okay. Um, yeah, I think at center, unless we are replacing Ryan Strom or Philip Heedle, I don't think there's a spot for a center there. Of course, Goudreau is is a winger, but he can take faceoffs if, if he needs to. Um, we're protecting Kevin Rooney, uh, so he's going to be the fourth line center. He where he was, where he was really good this past season. Let's not forget that uh, we signed him as expansion draft fodder, and then he plays the way he has, and now he's protected, and he's our fourth line center with the departure of Brad Howden. So. I think down the middle, unless we trade another center, we don't really have a need for Tyler Bozek, whereas I do feel we could really use a guy like Thomas Nosek still. Okay. All right. That's fair. And we can and we can um, expand on that a little bit more here in this episode. But I think that would be a good time. If, if, we, if we go after a center, I, I would just throw money at Philip Deneau. Oh, absolutely. Philip Deneau is uh, on the top of my list. I know, think he he, he's so a much. two-way center, uh, top 10 Selkie, finished yeah. the last two, three seasons. Um, the one thing this, this center core uh, lacks is a guy that's good on defense. I don't want Mika Zibanejad playing on a penalty kill. 
No, no. And as as exciting as Mika is to get those shorthand breakaways every now and then, that's not what the purpose no. of the penalty kill is for, you know? No. no. So if we go for a center, go for Philip Dano. Uh He's a free agent. He's going to cost – he's going to cost money. But I think he would be a significant up, upgrade over a guy like Philip Hedl if they move him in a different different trade. I'm not sure if they would. But, uh, of course, the Ryan Strong rumors with the Senators that we'll get into in a minute. Who knows? Maybe they trade Strong to the Senators and replace him with Dano. You know, you get some assets for Strong and you replace him with a guy who's, in my opinion, uh, an overall better player. No, you're exactly right. And I think now is a great segue here to talk about the other trade that happened that we talked about when we first started the stream. And something that I don't think any of us expected. I got to be honest. And I, I could not be happier about it. I wish my man nothing but the best. But Brett Howden, who was originally acquired in the deal with the Rangers and Ryan McDonough going the other way, and JT Miller. Howden was one of the young prospects at the time with Libor Hyatt coming over from Tampa Bay. Uh, Howden has not been a fan favorite, to put it lightly. Um, he's a guy that was a da- da- uh, David Quinn lover. Um, they had a great bond there, and we always kind of harped at why is it that it feels like Howden gets special treatment at times versus other players for his continuous mistakes, but it was something neither about him at how well he was at really giving his all during practice that made sure he was in the lineup one way or the other, Brett Howden, even though he's in his early 20s, is finally dealt. And it's going to be to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, in return, it's going to be a fourth-round pick. Yes, the Rangers got a fourth-round pick for Brett Howden, which I will not complain about. And they also got themselves an AHL defenseman in De uh, Simone, who is a pending uh, UFA. So it doesn't even look like the Rangers are going to be doing negotiations there. It was no. just to get rid of the actual rights. So nothing really, uh, just to actually get rid of a uh, – a player currently on the roster, even though that they wouldn't be with the club. But no less, what was your initial reaction to see Howden being dealt, man? Uh, when I saw this, I was like, you got to be joking. I'm like, we would have been lucky. We would have been fortunate yeah. if Seattle picked him up. And instead, we yeah. get a fourth-round pick for him. Look, um, I have nothing against Howden personally. You know, uh, he's, Same here. Absolutely. You know, he's he's busting his ass. He, he tries really hard, but – it's not enough in the NHL. Trying really hard is not. It's not enough. It's not going to get you to the top. Um, I feel sorry for Brad Howden because I think his development was stunted by him not spending time in Hartford. Um, we've we've seen Philip Hedel being sent down. Uh, Leas Anderson was sent down. Uh, Morgan Barron started the season in Hartford this past season. You know, all these guys have spent time in Hartford. Vitalik Kravtsov played in Hartford. And then he went back to the KHL, but you know, also spent time in Hartford. And Brett Howden, I think the only games he played in the AHL were on an, uh, on a tryout uh, after he signed his entry-level contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. for the Syracuse Crunch. But he never played a game in the AHL under contract. And I think that really hurt his development. And, you know, I, I, feel, I feel sorry for him. And I hope he turns around his career, uh, hopefully with the Golden Knights. <laughs> But maybe he should spend some time with the Silver Knights first, you know, get get that confidence back. But fourth round pick for Brett Howden, I'll take it any day. Um, and interesting, the fourth round pick we're getting is actually the fourth round pick of the Winnipeg Jets that the Rangers acquired in 2019, although conditionally in the Kevin Hayes trade. Oh, uh, that's a great point. Yep. There was a condition where I think if the Winnipeg Jets made it to the Stanley Cup final, we would have we would get a fourth round pick as well. That that condition wasn't triggered, so they kept that fourth round pick and then traded it to Vegas for Paul Stasny, 
And now Vegas is trading it to us for Brett Howden. So I guess uh, the Rangers were really eyeing that pick two years later still. Um, but overall, a fourth-round pick for your fourth-line center. When you have the replacement already on the team in, in Kevin Rooney, makes perfect sense. And now these contract extensions for Brett Howden and Julian Gauthier also make sense. You know, I think initially the plan was we'll extend Brett Howden, we'll, we'll protect Kevin Rooney, and Howden and Blackwell will count as the uh, exposed minimum requirement players. And then a deal for Howden came in, so they had to sign Julian Gauthier to still be able to protect Rooney. I think protecting Rooney was their plan all along. Um, centers are more worth than wingers, especially on this team where we have a glut of wingers on the right side. And our best two best forwards are Blackwell and Rooney that are available now. You can only lose one. So worst case scenario, you lose a right winger. You still have the other guy for the fourth line. This was the right call. Otherwise, you lose a center and then and then what? Um, so I agree with the protection. It sucks to see Julian Gauthier being exposed, but I get it. And um, there's a pretty good chance that Julian Gauthier asked to be exposed. Maybe he wasn't happy in New York and protecting him with the upcoming expansion draft would send mixed signals to a guy who's not happy and might want to leave. So, so my question, I guess, not even question, it's going to be interesting then because you know my infatuation with Julian Gauthier. He's someone that I think the Rangers could really benefit from. I think there's still plenty of growth there. But is Seattle going to really pick Gauthier over um, a guy like Blackwell? And I think that kind of goes in hand to where how they select otherwise. Are they going to be going in and trying to compete right away the same way Vegas did and have a similar run? You know, but – I, it's going to be interesting because Julian is a guy that I think there's a solid 50-50 chance he gets picked up. It's him or Gautier. I don't see them obviously even giving the light of day to a guy like Tony mm-hmm. D. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty curious about that. I just I like Colin Blackwell. I do. He exceeded expectations for the Rangers, but he is not a guy that truly has a fit on this club, in my personal opinion. When you look at the emergence of Vitaly Krasov and knowing that you need to play him in your top nine. Blackwell, same exact thing. Heedel, you're assuming you're still going to have him on your third line. And I, I just, you know, I know that he's a guy that could help you maybe playoff time still in your bomb six. But um, luckily, we're not in a scenario anymore like where we were with Quinn, where Blackwell um, overperforming, if you will, led him to gain more increased time ahead of guys like Kako, mm-hmm. et cetera. So I don't mind him being gone. I don't. I think he's a soft player. I just don't think he fits this team's current outlook. What do you agree? Yeah, if if I'm Seattle, I would pick Gauthier for two reasons. Uh, first of all, it's the same reason Vegas picked Lindbergh in 2017 instead of Matt Pumple, Ma- um, Michael Grabner, or Jesper Fast. Age. He's he's young. Uh, RFA years left, which means team control. And for a new team, you want that. You know, you need to have guys. Who, who are under team control for the next two, three, four years, if possible. Because it gives you cheap options if if you want to trade a player or if you cannot afford a player in two, three years. Um, Colin Blackwell, as good as his season was, a year ago, Colin Blackwell was an AHL player with a handful of NHL games under his belt. He had a really good season, I'm not going to lie, but... I'm pretty sure Seattle also saw that he had a really good season playing next to Panarin. Does the Seattle Kraken have a player like Panarin that Blackwell can feed off of as he's doing right now? Mm -hmm. 
I'm not so sure. So those two reasons for me point towards Seattle going with Julian Gauthier. There's also the fact that their general manager, uh, uh, Ron Francis, drafted him in Carolina when he was general manager in Carolina. So there's already a connection there. Um, it just makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, no, I, I see I see those understandings too, especially Ron Francis. And I think that goes in the same I saw a report regarding Jake Bean because he'll be exposed. And Francis went directly in hand with drafting him during his time in Carolina. So he's another guy where just those connections as it is are probably going to benefit Seattle and picking up some players. But no less, I think we really hit the nail on the head with everything regarding Howden and Goudreau. Again, I'm excited for Goudreau. I know that's going to be a little bit of an overpayment, but this is what you have to do for free agents at the end of the day. And this is not a Milano-Lucic contract. This is not you know, a James Neal contract. This is a guy that even if it is a slight overpayment, it's not going to be the same actual um, value every single year. The term, I'm sure, is every year is going to probably change a little bit in the actual pricing or close to, I'd imagine. And he's going to help the Rangers now and going forward in their core. The Rangers are expected to have the next five year, five years to a decade of playoff, if not Stanley Cup contention. Mm -hmm. And you need exactly these type of players. So by the time that contract is done, you're looking at him being right around the age of 34, which again, for what his role is, as long as he doesn't get too beat up, should not be a problem for the Rangers. So that's why I'm enticed by it, and I think a lot of people are too. And going back to Howden, again, just wrap up the discussion there. Howden, he did, he did his time with the Rangers. He wasn't a fan favorite, as we know. He hustled his tail off, though, every single game. There was no denying that, and no one wishes ill will on him. I think we can all attest to that. We just hope that for his sake that, you know, he has a better future because it, it won't be with the Rangers. It is what it is, and that frustration is over now, which is kind of, you know, uh, a big sign of, positive moves to the Rangers now going forward. And I think it also another great point that we need to be had. And thank you all so much to everyone in the live stream that's watching this live guys. We'll see our replay. Appreciate you now getting into the next discussion piece, which was a little interesting. And that is the Ryan Strom trade rumors. So the same day that these trades came out guys, or at least I, I believe the same day, if not the day after we have seen Ryan Strom now circulating, gain a lot of interest across the league including the Ottawa centers, no less, who have a plethora, and I mean a plethora of center depth from either young kids in their lineup or young prospects still. So, Stephen, let me start off with you. What is your take on these Ryan Strom rumors? I think there's a clear sign as to why this would be picking up now outside of him, of course, being a rental at this point, only having one more year on his contract. But let me hear what your initial stance is on the matter. Yeah, the, I think the rumors with the Senators and Strom there's definitely some truth to it because the source that I think it was Andy Strickland um, mm -hmm. tweeted about it. There are certain sources that I trust a little bit more. You know, Friedman's always at the top. Then you have like the verified reporters and and then you get like, you know, the people that have insiders, but nobody has ever heard of. Um, this guy um, who, who broke the news about Strom, I, I, th I think there's some truth to it. Ottawa. When I think of a trade with Ottawa, I always come back to uh, Eugene Melnick trying to save a buck because this is what he always does. If if Ottawa is seriously interested in Ryan Strom, it's probably because he has an expiring contract and they want to have they want to to want they want to offload a player that has a uh, a contract for a couple more years. Um, so to me, that that means one of one or two players. It's either Connor Brown uh, or Colin White. Um, I think Colin White has uh, like a higher actual salary in his final year than his AAV, so it's backloaded. 
those are the type of contracts that Melnick usually wants to offload before he actually has to pay them. Um, honestly, if those are the players on offer for Ryan Strom, I hang up the phone. Mm -hmm. Because those players don't move the needle for the Rangers at all. No, not at all. Um, the other options you have is that maybe you have a Zibanejad scenario where you trade Ryan Strom for a younger player and a pick. And you already alluded to on Twitter Drake Batherson, which is a player that I. Well, yeah, it was it was, I, sort of, I, I, it was tongue in cheek, you know. It was because yeah. the rumor came out exactly on the five year anniversary of the Zibanejad trade, and so you're just everyone, naturally putting two and two together. Yeah, and everyone remembers the the trade, right? It was Zibanejad and a second round pick, yeah, or Derek Broussard and a seventh round pick. So as a joke, I said, "Hey, let's recreate this trade: Ryan Strom and a seventh for Drake Batherson and a second. You know, you can, you can replace it with uh, Josh Norris or 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 uh, Pinto. Uh, doesn't matter. It was it was just tongue in cheek. But if if those players are on offer, I'm I'm more willing to listen to it. But is that really the direction the Rangers want to go? Because the reason Drury took over is because Dolan was tired of waiting. Yeah. So tired of the rebuild. He wants to win now. Trading Strong for a 20 21 year old player who's just coming into the league is not really going to do it for you unless that player has like this is like Anton Lundell if you can get Anton Lundell who in my opinion can walk straight into the lineup then you do it but as much as I like Pinto on the Senators I think he played for North Dakota in college yep as much as I like him I think that's that's a move backwards because you are delaying your um your 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 contention you know, you you are you are pushing the window your contention window uh you're pushing it forward that move would have made far more sense a year to a year and a half ago if if that trade comes up ryan strome for a 20 year old center and a, and a second round pick two years ago you make that trade yeah right now you don't make that trade because there's no reason to do it you know we want to win now we just, we just traded the draft pick to get the, the negotiating rights for Barclay Goudreau. That's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Trading Strom for a 20-year-old center is not, is not a step in the right direction. And if those guys are not, are, are not what the Rangers are looking for, and we assume that guys like Stutzler and Kachuk are off limits because they're simply, you know, they're, they're, they're cornerstones for the future, what you're left with is guys like, Colin White and Connor Brown, and I'm, I'm just not interested in giving up Ryan Strom, and hoping to catch lightning in a bottle twice. I'm much rather stick with what we have, which is Ryan Strom, who plays really well with Artemi Panarin, and also produces without him. I might add, I'm much rather stick to stick with Ryan Strom than than go for some unknown. You know, it makes no sense. If the trade is for Eric Brunstrom. The defenseman, maybe, maybe. If you can get Brunstrom and a and Brunstrom doesn't even make sense for this club though either. But when you look again, at the brains, you know, you're talking about a right-handed defenseman who's going to join the Rangers when they have Adam Fox, Jacob Trouba, Nils Lundqvist, Braden Schneider. Yeah, exactly. They're loaded. The Ottawa Senators make no sense from a trade perspective for the Rangers at all. They don't. They when you look on it from the forefront, this view, you're absolutely right, and. 
look, I don't know if anything's going to come out of Strom. The only thing that I could see in this scenario, if the Rangers do in fact deal him, is because they're going to upgrade the center position and they're going to find themselves in a scenario with an Eichel or with someone that they truly feel is an upgrade. And then your third line center is still going to be Heedle, or mm-hmm. if they're able to put out enough money, get to know on a contract, yeah. a decent deal, maybe yeah. move Heedle to yeah. the wing. Something the along only, those lines. The only trade I would I would love to see, but it's probably not going to happen, is you trade Ryan Strom to the Ottawa Senators for their first round pick next year. <laughs> That's the only exception. If and then I don't know, you make it you make it top five protected or something. I don't know. So if it's a top five pick, then it defers to twenty twenty three. Okay. Either way, I think they're going to be terrible for two years. So that way, you would get a high pick anyway. This is what the Colorado Avalanche did with the Matt Duchesne trade. Yep. You know, exactly. they, Ottawa Senators had the fourth overall pick. They decided to keep it. They drafted Brady Kachuk. And then the next year, they still had the fourth overall pick. And the Colorado Avalanche got Bowen Byron. So if you can make that trade and then sign Dano as a replacement in free agency, go for it. But I don't think, I don't think that's, that's realistic at all. Yeah, and like I was saying too, I don't see them losing Strom to replace him with Deneau. Let's put it that way. I only see it if they really do that leap of the Eichels of the world. That is the only exception. And in that scenario, you have to realize then too that you're only committing with one going forward, and it's obviously going to be Eichel versus Mika. So you're going to have them two this year, and then unless you can somehow, some way, get creative and pull Tampa, for instance, or what Toronto's done in years past with LTIR, I don't see how you are able to manage keeping those two together for more than a season. Yeah. Look, if you're going to trade Strom for another center, if it's a one-for-one trade or you add like a pick here or there, now I'm not talking about a, a four-asset package for a guy like Eichel. If you want to trade Strom for a younger center in a Zibanejad Brassard type scenario, the guy that I would love to have is Rope Hint of the Dallas Stars. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. No he's way. Probably, and, and that's the thing, you know. The trades that make sense for the Rangers don't make don't make sense for the other team. Correct. And vice versa. Yep. Ryan Strom, to trade Ryan Strom does not make sense at all at this at this moment. Yep. And I'm I'm 99% sure he's going to sign an extension. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's gonna be intriguing. You know, uh, I think uh, most of us Ranger fans have been under the belief that going to next season right now, we will not be without we will be without one of Buchnevich and Strom. And I think Buch is the one that is unfortunately looking more so uh, on the outside looking in just well, from reports that we've seen and things can change yeah. as we know, but I I will be surprised if both of them are at the club to start the year. The reason Butch Nevich is a much more appealing asset to acquire for teams is he's younger. RFA. Um, he's RFA, so teams yeah. can negotiate with him long-term, whereas Strom, if he doesn't want to sign a year from now, he walks away, whereas Butch Nevich has to sign now, otherwise he cannot play in the NHL. Uh, and for the Rangers, it makes a ton more sense because they have Kako and Kravtsov behind him, who can, you know, who can move up in the lineup if you trade Butchnevich. A Butchnevich trade is much more likely than a Ryan Strom trade. And I don't know, maybe you can trade Butchnevich for uh, for a good young center. Probably not going to be Rope Hints, but maybe maybe uh, the Florida Panthers are looking for a winger that can help them because they lost uh, Mike Hoffman, of course. They haven't. They lost that enough. They haven't really replaced those. Mm-hmm. Um, and Butchnevich would be some help for their young kid, Denisenko. Yep. And then if you're going to trade Butchnevich to the Florida Panthers, and it's probably not going to happen again, but 
guy Anton Lundell. Yeah. He, he's Nevis. off limits. Trust me, with, I know. With Nevis for Lundell, <laughs> go for it. You know, let them commit to Barkov long term. Uh, you know, add a guy like Butch Nevich. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's really it's really difficult to pinpoint where these players are going because this isn't this isn't like you know 20 30 years ago when there were 20 teams. We were 32 teams. You know, there's 31 other teams that the Rangers can make deals with. Yep. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be almost impossible to predict what's going to happen. But we'll yeah. see. It's going to be an interesting offseason. The first two moves, even though they were small moves by Chris Drury, uh, make me hopeful. Um, let's hope he doesn't mess it up this offseason. We'll see. They're a step in the right direction. I think that's putting it lightly. Uh, so far, so good from Chris. I mean, we're, we're going to be very intrigued. We're going to be excited to see what he does for uh, not just, you know, the weeks going forward, the offseason, but the draft as well. This will be a big test for him and his team, you know, not having the same draft core group that like we normally do in previous years for them. But no less, it's to see him get Goudreau the way he did, to see him get rid of Howden, it just – you can tell that while – I am slightly nervous about the sense of urgency with this club now after being in a full-blown rebuild to really be like, oh, no, we're done. We're dropping that. You know, we're going right in. I'm naturally going to have my concerns, but if they, if he continues to be strategic and does not give up the farm, if you will, then mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be in good hands. And so far, so good. So now, Stephen, another great topic that we have to discuss here is going yeah. really back to the expansion and implications some more so we're going to be touching on that some further because as you guys know the expansion draft is in fact just a couple days away so steven let me let's let you run with it right now i'll share my input on this so what let's just talk about actually let's take a moment to look at league-wide because we've saw a plethora of deals um and a lot of intriguing players currently that are going to be available so i think it'd be appropriate to talk about this for a minute because there's a couple that come across my mind. One of them is Vladimir Tarasenko. As we know, Vladdy uh, apparently requested a trade from the Blues over the past month, and a deal was not able to happen. He, we know he's on a decent contract. Um, so he looks like he's going to be exposed. So what was your initial reaction? That Were you surprised by that? Or you're like, okay, that looks like that might be you know, the face that they're going to try to work around at least to build this new franchise. And then you look at Carey Price as well, which is another intriguing one because while it seems like that they're uh, the Seattle is going to be um, all in on going for Chris Drieger, uh, the young uh, late blossoming goaltender who's really thriving the AHL now over the past two years has done really well as a backup in spring time in Florida. But Carey Price has waived his no move uh, to keep Jake Allen, as we know. But Price also has some health issues that I'm not really too aware of on the severity of them. So let me hear your thoughts on what you've seen league-wide between the trades and the players exposed and really if any of it has come off a little alarming to you. Yeah, um, the, my first reaction was it looks like general managers have learned from four years ago. Yes. Um, four years ago, nobody expected the Vegas Golden Knights to be any good because they made a ton of deals to acquire draft picks and prospects and – just some examples. The Florida Panthers gave them Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith so they could keep Alex Petrovic. I can't get over that. I, I, I remember like it was yesterday. In 2017, you can make a case for it. In 2021, it's, it's laughable. The Anaheim Ducks gave, uh, gave them Shea Theodore so they could keep Josh Manson. <laughs> and... and Look, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna name two or three more, but from 2017. But the theme here is, general managers wanted to keep their best players, 
and they gave up really good prospects to make it happen. The Minnesota Wild gave up Alex Tuck so they could keep Matt Dumba. Yep. Um, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets gave up a first-round pick on William Carlson so they could keep Cam Atkinson. Yep. If you look at all these deals four years later, and general managers will probably look at this as well and go, yeah, maybe that's not the right approach in an expansion draft. Maybe, maybe we should just let them pick the better player now, especially with a flat cap. But we'll we'll keep our prospects. Yeah, the, the Flyers will be like, you know, we'll we'll keep Therabi. I think he's exempt anyway. But you know, you, we'll keep those kind of players, and we'll let them pick. In in Philadelphia's case, either James Van Riemsdyk or Jacob Voracek. Um, I think the Islanders exposed Jordan Eberle. Um, the Calgary Flames exposed Mark Giordano. These are all really good players that if, if Seattle plays their hand right, they can probably put together on paper a better team than Vegas did at their expansion draft. Yeah, because Vegas, and this goes in hand with Gerard Gallant with exceeding expectations. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. They had a yeah. lot of these players that were unestablished. William Carlson, mm -hmm. as we know, with Columbus, who was originally drafted by Anaheim, balls out and has like a 70-point year. Alex mm -hmm. Tuck went healthy. He's a lethal goal scorer. You're looking upwards of 20 a year. They had a lot of moving parts there, but I think that what you would be getting with Seattle here is you're going to get a more veteran-led club, a team that has had plenty of playoff experience one way or the other. And luckily, fortunately for the Rangers scenario, they don't find themselves in a situation where they're really coughing up too much Awfully mm -hmm. similar to a couple years ago. The only guy yeah. that I was upset about being exposed was Michael Grabner, and he wasn't even chosen. So, um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. And I think when we talk about trades here, you notice we saw a lot of moving parts. We saw that um, – um, pardon me. Why am I blanking right now? The trade with the Flyers, the Predators, and it was Vegas, right? Wasn't mm -hmm. it a three-team trade there? Um, yeah, with um, Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, in exchange for Philip Myers and Nolan Patrick. And then Nashville traded Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. That one was very interesting to me. I'm curious as to I haven't been following Vegas heavy the past year. So I'm I'm wondering what led the fallout there with Cody Glass if they're willing to take on a guy like Nolan, Nolan Patrick. Patrick and, Nolan Patrick and Cody Glass both had their injury issues. And yep. I think at this point they're just looking at this trade and go, change of scenery, let's go for it. Whereas Cody Glass is probably more likely to bounce back, but Nolan Patrick has the higher ceiling if he does. So it's a, it's a move with a little bit of a risk for uh, for Vegas, but if Nolan Patrick fully recovers and his the stuff he dealt with wasn't wasn't uh, uh, concussions or uh, you know broken kneecaps or whatever, he was suffering from migraines. Yeah. Um, I, th I I'm, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but maybe that's easier to recover from long-term than from, uh, uh, concussions. And I think Cody glass had two concussions already. So it's, it's, it's a risky move for both teams, you know, but I mean, worst case scenario, they, they both don't live up to the expectations and it's a wash. Uh, so we'll see, but that was an interesting trade. Um, we saw Nick Letty being traded to the Detroit Red Wings for a second-round pick. Yep. Um, let's see what else. There were some other trades. Talk about the Islanders. They they really looked at they got rid of that Andrew Ladd contract. Well, Arizona, Andrew, Ladd, Arizona, Andrew Ladd to Arizona for a second, a conditional second, and a conditional third. Nothing in return. Um, yeah. 
So um, it's, these trades are happening now because, and I think Seattle knows this as well, trades with Seattle, trades with the new team are not happening the way they were four years ago. Mm-hmm. So teams are now trading among the, amongst themselves to prepare for this expansion draft. Um, and then you have players who are injured, you know, players who who have like a big cap hit still on the books, like Tarasenko, they're being exposed. Jordan Everly being exposed when they protect uh, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. That's pretty wild, to be honest. But um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and the Seattle Kraken now have an opportunity to to go out and put together a team that competes from day one, and people will expect it to compete from day one because that will be the the difference with uh, with Vegas. After the expansion draft in 2017, nobody expected Vegas to even make the playoffs. Anyone who says they did after the like the day after the expansion draft, anyone who says the day after the expansion draft they expected them to make the playoffs is a liar because nobody expected that. Their best player was Marc Andre Fleury, who at the time was considered a washed-up goalie because they just won two cups with Matt Murray in that in Pittsburgh. Would you say there's any actual chance that Carey Price is picked up? I think there's a chance it happens. Yeah, I wouldn't put money on it, but um, Carey Price, I think he played in a WHL. He did, and he played right in Seattle, no less. Wasn't that correct? Or right right by there? Who did he play for? I'm forgetting the team, but I remember I just saw a clip on it recently. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to quickly look it up, but I know he, he played ties to Seattle. Sorry? He has ties to Seattle. Yeah. I'm just blanking yeah, on put, what exactly it is. Let me, let me quickly look that up. Uh, but they have other options as well. You know, uh, They're not going to go for Shea Weber, but – um yeah it's going to be interesting what they do the only caveat that the nhl put in is that the players picked in the expansion draft cannot be traded back to the team with salary retention so it's not possible for teams to use the expansion draft as a get out of jail free card for bad contracts uh tri-city americans in kenwick washington okay there you go yeah so he played he played in the whl um it's uh, it's it's definitely an, an interesting option for them. I think when you look at goalies, uh, Kapo Kakunen from Minnesota and Chris Dreger from Florida are probably uh, the most. Yeah. Oh, Kakunen's exposed. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he's exposed, and oh, he's, I think that's foolish. And he's waiver exempt too. Uh, I think I think he's exposed. Yeah. Uh, the other guy from Minnesota that they might want is uh, Carson Soucy. I would probably go with the young goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's the third goalie going to be? If you have Dreger and you have Kakernan, are you going to pick up Carey Price for $10 million a year? I don't know. I don't. I think that if they get Carey Price, they're not picking up those other two. I think they pick up one of the two, and then they try to have themselves a good tandem. Then, then Yeah. Kapo Kakinen is waiver exempt, so that might that might make it a little easier for them. Um, but I think I think their big signing will be Landeskog. Um, makes a ton of sense for them to sign to sign him. Colorado doesn't have any any interesting players available in the expansion draft, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, signing Gabriel Landeskog if he wants to sign there, instant captain. 
Um, other than that, Giordano in Calgary, I mentioned. Um, interesting, the LA Kings have protected Elias Anderson, but not Brendan Lemieux. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, and Jonathan Quick is available too. Not that I think he'll be picked up, but he is. Yeah, there. And I think the Canucks are exposing Braden Holby, who they're probably also not going to pick. Yeah. If they're going to go with a big splash in, in net, it's going to be Price, but it's probably more likely they go with Dreger, Karkonen, and then a third goalie that will never play for them. Like four years ago, the Vegas Golden Knights picked Kelvin Picard, and he never played a game for them. And 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 some of these players will be traded you know, right after the expansion draft. And this is where it gets interesting for the Rangers because the Tampa Bay Lightning are protecting four defensemen and four forwards. And one of the players that I would love to see on the Rangers uh, is available in the expansion draft, Yanni Gord. Yeah, Yanni Gord's another one. I don't. Here's the thing with Yanni Gord, and it's kind of like the whole Goudreau thing. It's like, how much can you afford? Because Yanni Gord, no, no co uh, coincidence in actual wordplay here. Um, he's on a he's on a decent contract. Okay, he's he's still locked up for quite a while. Yeah. Um, he's he's young. There's excitement to him still, but. I have my concerns with that deal, especially if you're already throwing a six-year deal at Goudreau. I think Gord is signed for four more seasons, so it's not it's not too crazy. It's nothing uh, crazy, but it's still it's still a hefty amount, and he's he's between four and a half and five mil. It is, it is, but um, you know, uh, if you can make a trade um, where where it's beneficial for the Rangers, um, you have to at least consider it, right? Um, what if I know a lot of fans like Philip Heedle, but I personally would trade Philip Heedle for, for Yanni Gord, uh, if, if that opportunity comes along, um, the Rangers need something more in their bottom six. And I think Yanni Gord, like Barclay Goudreau brings that. I don't know where Tyler went, but now oh, there is. Sorry, I just had to do something real quick. My bunny was acting up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, again, it, it's, he's not someone that I'm, I'm completely against. I just have my concerns more long-term with the younger players because if you're going to give this commitment, you know, you just need to make sure that they're going to be worth your while in the end. But luckily, the Rangers, again, this year they have a good amount off the books. Yes, they have contracts that they need to extend, bring new contracts in, and they will be going forward. But if they make – Similar moves like Goudreau, I'm in favor for it. I just, in a scenario where you landed a Yanni Gord via trade, in hindsight, you probably wouldn't have to give up too much to get him, especially if that's a contract that Tampa's trying to get rid of. And obviously, mm -hmm. they, they, don't, they are not against getting rid of some of these because they know that they simply can't keep them all. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, look, it, it depends on the direction Chris Drury wants to go. If he wants to, if he wants to go for for playoffs this uh, playoffs are definitely the goal this upcoming season but if he wants to make noise in the playoffs players like yanni gord are the ones you need in your bottom six i think the top six is fine uh but the top six cannot carry a team we've seen this in 2012. the rangers i think missed the president's trophy by one point i think they were one point behind the vancouver canucks under ellen Vigneault back in vancouver um, and then in the playoffs, they struggled to, I think the first round was against the Ottawa Senators, second round against the Washington Capitals, and they needed seven games in both series. 
you need players that that give you the upper hand and you need to win some series in four or five games otherwise you're never going to make it all the way and yeah. your top six alone cannot do it and that was the problem in 2012 you know we were pl basically playing nine forwards and and four defensemen um there's still a meme about Stu bickle who's sitting on the bench my man Stu. <laughs> um, you, know, you, you, need, you need players who, who who carry your team when they play on the third line yeah and if you add barclay goudreau you add yanni gord then and you add maybe thomas nosek for your fourth line i think your bottom six looks a lot better you would have to give up a player for it uh but like i said i know people will disagree with me but i would give up philip Hedel for yanni gord without without a, a second thought and I, I think it goes in hand with i have a little bit of a personal attachment with Hedel just because i i feel like he was truly the first one in this rebuild uh not named lee sanderson one that actually has had a long lasting well, yeah. you know longevity here I do think that there's still upside with Heedle. I feel like he oh, he's been showing flashes. He's still so young. He's only 22, I believe. That I don't think it's I think it's still too soon to give up on a guy like Heedle, but in hindsight, I don't I'm not against moving Heedle if you are not going to give him an opportunity I feel he deserves. How many more years are you going to keep him as a bottom six center without See, giving him at least some type of play? And that's with us not having a rebuild anymore that becomes less and less likely now. That's something yeah. that I wish the Rangers did more the past couple of years, even with a guy like Ryan Strome, because you're in a rebuild. Give a guy playing time. See how he's going to do. And yeah. Heedle did, simply did not get that. And when he did get in a little bit of hot streak, he was on. He was out with injury for a bit, we know. So I don't know. I just feel like the opportunities are becoming less and less likely for him. So that's the only yeah. exception I truly have in dealing him. Right now, is that if he doesn't get enough room to grow, I don't want him to be stunned. I feel that there's plenty of potential for him. Yeah, and and I'm not saying deal him at all costs. I'm not saying you know let's get rid of Hedl. But if you want to accelerate your rebuild without gutting your prospect pool, upgrading Hedl to Yanni Gord is is a move I'd be I'd be comfortable with. Much more comfortable than trading Kako, Kravtsov, Jones, uh, uh, Lundqvist. You know, nothing against Hedl. You know, he's he's a good prospect. I think his upside is probably a second line center, but I I don't see him being more than than a poor man's Artemanissimo. <sighs> if you look at Artemanissimo, defensively was 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 stellar. Artemanissimo in the AHL was a beast. In the NHL, he's been he's been a good player. You know, he played on on the second line for a Chicago team that was still contending. Um, he played in Columbus. Uh, he played really well in Columbus. Um, but Artem Anisimov was like Hedl, was was very he 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 would play like five amazing games, and then you'd wait ten games for him to do anything and. That's how I feel about Hedl. You know, he's a good prospect, but I don't think Hedl is a is an untouchable prospect. If you can if you can accelerate the rebuild a little bit by upgrading Hedl to a more ready player, I'd be okay with that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I just think Hedl that I think there's still potential with him, but again, I'm fine with him staying as long as he gets opportunity, um, just at least balanced. And that's something that's going to be huge for Gallant going into this upcoming season is how is he going to utilize these four lines? 
we've talked about so many times with David Quinn as well, where I, you know, they were so top six heavy. Um, the fourth line was usually non-existent when you have Brennan Smith there half the time. It just, as long as there's a balance, that's important to me. As long as there's opportunity, that is also, of course, important to me. But I think with that being said, though, Stephen, is there anything that you'd like to add on here with the expansion draft and the implications it has for the Rangers forward just a couple of days away before the draft, um, before we start taking some questions from our viewers uh, that are watching this live? Um, I think the Rangers did a great job navigating through two expansion drafts in a four-year span. Uh, the one thing I quickly want to touch on is, because I looked this up this morning, let me let me find it, because, uh, of course, I tweeted it out. Um, I looked up the entrance fees for the expansion team since 1991. Uh, let me find it. Hold on. Here it is. Um, so since 1991, there have been eight expansion drafts. This is the eighth one since 1991. The entrance fee in 91 for the Sharks was $45 million. 92 for the Sharks and the Lightning, $45 million. Then in 93, it was the Panthers and the Mighty Ducks, $50 million. Then in 98, the Predators, $80 million. 99, $80 million for Atlanta. 2000, $80 million for Columbus and Minnesota. And here we go. 2017, that went up to $500 million entrance fee for Vegas. And now $650 million for Seattle. So when people say, oh, um, why is Vegas exempt from the expansion draft? The San Jose Sharks were exempt from, from their first expansion draft. The Predators were exempt from two expansion drafts, 99 and 2000. And the Atlanta Thrashers were also exempt from an expansion draft. So it's not the first time that an entire team has, has been given the option to opt out. All the Knights took that option. They're not getting a, a slice of the pie, so to speak. So that 650 million is divided by 30, not by 31. I think it's fine. You know, yes, they're successful. They're still a new team. They were given the option. Um, deal with it. Um, I, th I, th I think it's fine. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but, it's not like this is a brand new rule that was just brought into play. If, there, if we've yeah. seen a history like we have, then there's no need to, mm -hmm. uh, there's no need to um, yeah, actually complain. In, to see in 30 years the entrance fee go from 45 to 650 million that's pretty well yeah so you know yeah no absolutely so steven um i think now is a great time for us for our callers live uh pardon me not callers viewers live to be chiming in so guys for the next i'd say 10 15 minutes we're going to be taking questions so if you guys would like to ask any questions regarding the Rangers right now, by all means do so. And if you're listening to this on replay, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, thank you so much for listening again. We appreciate you guys for this latest episode of Rangers Review number 24. So we'll be waiting a couple minutes. I see we got some Rangers and Isles deal uh, duels going on in the live stream chat. By all means, I can really care less about that right now, guys. So just squash that if you will. Let's get on to some questions, shall we? Um, so let's see here, guys. Again, I appreciate all you guys being here make sure to smash that like and subscribe on if you're new uh but all right guys so here we'll give me one second steven uh for this expansion draft what do you think is going to be um the biggest takeaway from it uh from seattle's point of view do you think it's going to be say a tarasenko do you think that they are going to be able to walk up Landeskog? which i do see is actually feasible i that makes a lot of sense especially to have that true leader in the locker room right from the get-go 
And man, oh man, would that be exciting to see a matchup with the Habs, Habs too. It's not like they're too terribly far from each other. So um, what, what do you think would be the, the biggest splash, if you will, from Seattle? What is the, going to be the biggest benefit for them out of this extended yeah. draft? Yeah. Like the Seattle Kraken don't have to cater to their fans because they already have a fan base. Correct. You know, uh, the state of Washington has, I think, four junior hockey teams. No, five or four. The Spokane Chiefs, the Tri-City Americans in Kenwick, the Everett Silvertips and the Seattle Thunderbirds. You have the Portland Winterhawks, who went through a rebranding, by the way. Uh, they no longer have the, um, the, 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 the same logo that the Blackhawks have. Yeah, they now they're just like a hawk. Yeah, so it's, uh, they went through a rebrand. They already have the fan base. They already have like like the fans coming in. But if you really want to, if you really want to go for for a move that's put that's going to be popular with the with the fan base, it's going to be a guy that like what that we talked about that they saw in juniors, Carey Price. Yeah, um, uh, Shea Weber I think played for the Kelowna Rockets. Um, so there are some 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 WHL players that they could that they could go for to cater to a certain need with their fan base, but I think the big takeaway for them will be Dreger and Net. Um, I think they're, they're already committed to that, um, and Landeskog. They I think they're going to sign Landeskog. Well, negotiate with him at least, because the other options from Colorado aren't really that enticing to be honest. Uh, Eric Johnson is over the hill. Ryan Graves was traded to the Devils. Um, what else is there? Nazem Kadri, Donskoy, Kadri. Those are not the players that are that are gonna that are gonna do anything for you. Um, so I think Landeskog is gonna be a big target for them. Um, and then yeah, who else? Let's see. Um, yeah, Jordan Eberle is probably gonna be one. Yep. Um, and if you look at the Vegas Golden Knights four years ago, uh, they had guys like James Neal. He didn't have a long career in Vegas, but that first season he was really he was a really good help for them. He was very James Neal esque. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Exactly. And if you can get Jordan Eberle, you know he has experience. He played in 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 Edmonton for several years. Played in New York for several years. You get these 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 guys in that have experience. I think they would go for Eberle over a guy like Tarasenko. I wouldn't be surprised if instead of Tarasenko to go with Vince Dunn in in St. Louis. Yeah, and Dun, and Dunn's a guy that we've talked about on the channel so many times. Like literally going back to the beginning of last season, I thought that this man was for sure dealt. But yeah. again, that's the frustrating thing about hockey reporting. Something can feel that it's so urgent, and then nothing happens from it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we yeah. see it every single year between you know uh, and, their, them whining him out, and then lo and behold, they probably yeah. want to keep him right now still. And and if if they're hoping for a change of scenery type player that 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 will you know catch lightning in a bottle. The Nashville Predators are interesting with this expansion draft because they they are protecting uh, three forwards, five defensemen, and a goalie. Um, uh, Ryan Johansson is available. Matt Duchesne is available. Uh, Colin Yarncrook is available. So if they want to go for for a forward there, it makes sense. Um, I don't know if the eight million dollar cap hit is enticing for them. You know, it's it's, it's a big hit. It's like 10 percent of your salary cap to a player that hasn't really done much the last season yeah um, but yeah uh could happen who knows um you need experience you cannot just go with 22 23 year olds you know um but yeah, landis cox probably the we will probably be their biggest target in free agency or yeah, uh, yeah no. among the free agents in the expansion draft yeah 
you know, I agree with you. I think he would be probably the best to get at all their options right now. But now getting on to some questions, guys, for Q&A time. If you're listening to this live for Rangers Review. And again, please make sure to smash that like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on replay, please leave us a good review. No pun intended. It would really mean a lot. But first question I see here from James says, are the Rangers a true playoff team this upcoming season? I think yes, if they continue to make moves. I think right now there's just a unbelievably overwhelming wave of uncertainty with them. We need to see how Gallant does. We need to see how the assistants do. We need to see how they all gel together. But the Rangers are determined to make this team a playoff club as soon as this year. And they have toyed with being a playoff team the past two seasons while still having drastic issues in their lineup. So I think with them blending things right now, Chris Drury is putting it all into a blender, making the best drink possible. And I think we, going into next year, they are going to gradually find themselves as a playoff contender. And I do strongly believe that they will make playoffs. I think, I think even if we didn't make any further moves, the Rangers are already a better team. Uh, if you look at the, like the, the, the whole, the full season, um, everything that went wrong this past season, is not going to happen next season. Correct. Mika Zibanejad is not gonna is not gonna play like crap for three weeks because of COVID. Kako is 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 going to develop. Uh, Lafreniere is going to develop. Kravtsov is gonna play a full season now. Panarin is not gonna have uh, the Russian mafia after him for something that <laughs> literally, happened. literally. I think we forgot that billion years ago. Yeah. Um, Shestjorkin uh, suffered some injuries, so if he stays healthy, that's already an improvement. Adam Fox is a year older, coming off a Norris Norris Trophy season. Not a big deal. Um, Lindgren is a year older. Keandre Miller is going to start his second season. Jacob Trouba is more comfortable on defense. Niels Lundqvist. Niels Lundqvist is coming over, who is going to have a big impact, I feel. Um, and then and then you replace Brett Howden with Kevin Rooney full-time. That's a win. Um, Brandon Lemieux is being replaced by whoever. doesn't matter. It's, it's a win. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Morgan Barron or maybe someone else like Thomas Nosek. I think this team is already better than they were last season because everything that could go wrong went wrong. The whole D'Angelo saga, you're not going to have this much shit happen in a season ever again. And despite all that, we finished with more points than the Montreal Canadiens that made it to the Stanley Cup final. And the only reason why the Rangers didn't make the playoffs is because of how the format was this year. So you can't. And they were, in the, they were in the strongest division. Uh, the Islanders are weaker now without Letty. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. You know they have to make some moves. Um, the Devils and uh, the Devils are not any better. Um, the Penguins are a year older. The Capitals are a year older. Um, we're going to have the Carolina Hurricanes back in the division instead of the Boston Bruins. I think that favors the Rangers a little bit with the way they play. Um, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets instead of the Sabres, I think that's a wash. But the Rangers are a better team already than they were last season if 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 we don't have uh, a string of, of, of bad luck and, yeah. and things happening. Yeah, no, absolutely. So going to hey, get into – Oh, oh, oh uh, better coach. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. We have a new, you... we have a new coach. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of a good thing. Kind of an upgrade over David Quinn. I mean, time yeah. will tell, but yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I like a guy that has experience that has been basically a winning coach in every single franchise he's been a part of. Not a big deal. But most of all, Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov, Fox, Miller, they're all a year older. They're all going to be better. They're all going to develop. The difference between Kako's first and second season was huge. I don't expect Drastic. And people do not understand that. Not to get on a tangent, but this man was basically the second best forward in all the league. Two-way. 
right behind Mark Stone the entire season. So don't don't put stock into his actual actual point production. Look at what he's doing. Everything else is remarkable. Yeah. A polar opposite way he did in his rookie year, which goes yeah. to show just how much he developed in a short time. And not to really expand on that, I just need to throw that out there because some people don't seem to realize that. If you're a casual, if you're not looking at the mm-hmm. advanced numbers, guys, or if you're not watching every game, I assure you, Kako is in the right direction, folks. So If they I, go with, minim, with minim, minimal upgrades in free agency, they're going to make the playoffs. And, yeah. and then we'll see what happens. You need to make the playoffs to win some games, and you need to win some games to get some experience, and you need some experience to win a cup. Absolutely. So now we have a couple more uh, questions. We're not going to get through. Every- Guys, if we miss your question, please do not take it personally. Um, trust me, we're just trying to get through as many as we possibly can. I see another uh, question here from Yona with a $5 donation. Thank you, my friend. Uh, the Finnish man, I know we talked to you before, Yona. I hope you're doing well. Realistically speaking, what kind of season do you guys see Kako and Lafreniere having next season? Personally, I think Lafreniere is going to be in that 50-plus point realm. I think he's going to have a, a significant jump, but it's not going to be anything to the point of you know, 70, 80 points. I think he's going to be right around that 50-point plateau, and I think Kako is going to find himself at least hitting the 40-point mark. Maybe something drastic, I don't know, but I think 40 points and 50 points are fairly realistic for the two given the direction this club is in. What do you agree, Steven? Yeah, and uh, assuming we play 82 games, because it's been a while since we did that uh, in the NHL, um, I think I think 50 points for Lafreniere is fair. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe he will have a, a, a resurgence or a surge like uh, Svechnikov had in, in his second season. Um, but yeah, like like I said, you know, like like I said before, they're a year older. They're gonna be better. Now we have a coach who, in the past, worked with a 20-year-old Barkov, a 20-year-old Huberdo, a 19-year-old Trocek, a 19-year-old Ekblad in Florida. He worked in Vegas with guys like Tuck and Theodore, and and you know they uh, they all they all came through. William Carlson had a great first season that he's never going to replicate again. But still, you know, he, Gerard Gallant has has gotten the most out of young players. If you want to go for a development coach, a coach is good with young players, then Galan's the one. So yep. I think that's going to impact them as well. I think they're going to have a better season. Um, I just hope Zibanejad and Panera can keep it up. You know, I, I hope they can replicate the seasons they've had. And, so. and even if they take uh, a little a little step back, the upside is that you're going to have the supporting cast around them that are hopefully propelling and, you know, really performing what they once were, or at least everything can kind of gel together, if you will. Like, take a take a Braden point, you know, what we've seen the past few years with Tampa Bay. He has been unbelievably remarkable in times where Stamkos has either been hurt or hasn't even been the best player between the two. Point has been unbelievably clutch for them, and he's only getting um, better. McDavid is the best regular season player in the game. Braden yeah. point is probably the um, maybe Nikita Kucherov. Braden Point and Kucherov are the two best postseason players in the game. Yeah, as of, as of right now, at the time. As of right now. Braden yeah. Point, I think he had a goal streak of eight or nine games. Yeah, it, it was remarkable what he was doing. And there were some some one nothing games in there too, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, he had some game winners for sure. So I I want to say, though, again, Yona, thank you for the donation. I appreciate that, my friend. We'll be taking more questions, guys. We'll be going for another five minutes or so. So we got, uh, do I think at the end of the day, Rangers will get Eichel from Buffalo? 
I really, really think it's a coin flip, Mike, and I, I want to keep it fairly short. Uh, so, yeah, I would say right now it's really, really a coin flip. And then we have another comment here that says, will Panarin have another great year, Wardy? I think Panarin will have another very Panarin-esque year. Steven, I think you can attest to that as well. Mm -hmm. There's really no reasoning to believe otherwise at this point in his career. Um, hopefully the, 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 the decline for him as he gets older is gradual and it's not like falling off a cliff. But next year, we should see textbook Panarin, no doubt in my mind. And, and Panarin only joined the NHL when he was 23, 24 years old. Let's not forget that. He didn't yeah. play in the NHL starting at age 18, playing 82 physical games a season. So the theory is that his body has a little bit more mileage on it compared to other players his age. Um, so let's hope that's true. Um, Panarin, is, Panarin and Fox are the best players we've had in – are the best skaters we've had in probably two decades. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, especially with the way Panarin Panarin isn't even like that fast. He just glides with the wind, and he yeah. he cuts in. And he's always making he's always yeah. making a play happen as soon as he enters his own. The only thing I hope is that we 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 keep Zibanejad and Panarin on separate lines because that gives you two lines that are a nightmare matchup for opponents. Yeah. So here we have other questions here from Andrew who asks you, Stephen, and try to keep this brief just given time. Um, mm -hmm. What are what is at least one player you could see the Rangers getting with the 15th overall pick as of now? Oh, um, they have to go for a center. Um, unless it got, unless the Jesper Wallstedt, the goalie, is available at 15, he would be a slam dunk pick at 15, even though we have – we're stacked at goalie. Um, that's a player you go for at 15 every day. And I'm I'm a guy that says never draft a goalie in the first round. But the player I want is Fyodor Svechkov. He's a center, plays in Russia, played for Lada Togliati in the VHL, which is the second tier of Russian hockey. Great two-way center, sees the eyes great, great in transition. Uh, all the tools that are hard to teach, he already possesses. And yeah. that's, what you want. that's what you want in a center. Great uh, the player I compared him to in terms of the way he plays and the way he's underrated by some people is Anton Lindell. Okay. That's always a good thing. Even even if they aren't exactly close, if you see similarities, odds are it's it's a safe pick, especially from defensive yeah. side of things. So mm -hmm. uh, next question here we have is going to be, um, uh, what line do I see Gudero on this season? I think third line. I think especially with that contract, I, I think we might see him toyed with fourth line. Gradually longer in his career with the deeper the Rangers get, but I think third line is very safe for him right now. Um, bringing more questions here. Shesterkin wins a Vesna this year. I think Igor needs to prove he can stay healthy, and then that you have yourself a fair argument. That is his biggest yeah. hurdle right now. It yeah. really isn't performance. Um, it, you know, Steven, you can agree with that. If the man can stay healthy, he has a chance, and he's going to get opportunity, especially with there being um, a lack of production at times with Yuryev this past year. Exactly. Uh, if if Shashorkin stayed healthy this season, he probably makes the all rookie team over Nedeljkovic, but mm -hmm. Nedeljkovic made it over him. So, staying healthy is is the number one concern with Shashorkin. Let's hope he can. Um, but I think I think he can win a Vezina in the next ten years. He has the talent. Um, so, let's hope for the best. Yeah, let's hope for the best indeed. We got a bunch more. Again, guys, if we missed your questions, please don't take it personally. If you're watching this live, let's please let have to go like through. Something, like quick answers. What's that, Steven? 
like a lightning round. We'll just give quick answers. I know. That's what we're trying to do here. Okay. <laughs> Oilers are interesting. Yorgiev says, Ryan, we'll, we'll have to do more homework on that, but that wouldn't be surprised me. Oilers have been linked to Yorgiev for literally a year now. I've seen that plenty. So that would not surprise me at all. I think the Rangers would like to get your, rid of Yorgiev at the right price. I know that there's rumors they want a first-round pick. Um, let's see. Um, Zach Jones needs to go. Third-pair left-hand defenseman um, needs to be a big, meaty vet. Hard disagree, Michael. <laughs> that's that's all I can really say there. Um, uh, the, the only thing I'll say is that people focus too much on size and not too much on skill. Um, if it was only about size, McElrath would have three Norris trophies by now. And you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, I don't think size is as important as people think it is. The team that just won back-to-back cups had seven forwards, uh, six foot or shorter, if you're 6'4", you're not going to be better at defending against them because we've seen them run circles around guys like Braden McNabb. Mm-hmm. Um, if they cannot find a better player than Zach Jones, then just stick with Zach Jones. But you have to find a better player, not necessarily a bigger one. Um, question from Luke says, could you see the Rangers going after Jake McCabe in free agency to solidify bond pair? I don't think Jake McCabe is going to be on their radar. Maybe I'm wrong there. I think that they have some other options that they – can be more in favor of, um, especially if they do say some other smaller deals. Um, McCabe isn't a terrible option, but I don't think he is nearly a priority for them when they're winning. No, but I, I think what might, what might tip the scales in McCabe's favor is that they played against them eight times this season, so they have a pretty good report on him. Correct. That can, that, 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 to be honest, that can go either way. You know, if you have more reports on a player, that can tip the scales in his favor or the other way. Um, but guys like Oleksiak, uh, Alec Martinez, Ryan Suda that was just bought out, there are options in free agency uh, for the Rangers to go after if they want a veteran guy on their third parent. Ryan with a $4 donation. Thank you for that, Ryan. I appreciate you, my friend. He's been supporting the channel and the podcast for a while. Says, who is the best D partner for um, Niels Lundqvist? I think that's really going to just come with how he comes in with the team, obviously, his utilization. If you're looking at things, it really can go in hand with who the Rangers acquire because there is still room for them to make a move, and I think we can all agree that they probably will make a move. So I think his best pair or at least most realistic partner has yet to be determined. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens this off season. I don't think it's nearly solidified yet to kind of, you know, come up with an assumption. I think that they still have yet to make actually land that player. And maybe Drury does something unexpected and, uh, gives Brendan Smith a, uh, an extension for 1 million a year. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So we'll take, I'm going to take three more questions and then that's going to wrap up today's episode guys. So they're just going out random. Trust me when I say that I'm literally closing my eyes and just picking one. Um, uh, what could the Rangers deep pairings look like says Joe? Well, that, I think that's pretty simple. You're going to have Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. You're going to also have, uh, Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, and then third pair is probably going to be Niels Lundqvist on the right. And then on the mm-hmm. left has to, to be determined whether that is a Tarmo Roninen, whether that is someone that they picked up. We don't know. That is, or that is the Jones, biggest concern. One. Jones or Robertson. Uh, we don't know. If it's going to be Jones in the lineup, I wouldn't be opposed to pairing Jones with Truba and having Miller with Lundqvist. I think that's a little better. Uh, I think that's a better spread of their talents. Okay, uh, two more. Um, hmm. Okay, Michael says here in response that Rory Steven referenced si- size of forwards. 
uh, defenseman. I I know he meant to say Ryan McDonough is the smallest Tampa D man at six one two fifteen. Rangers have three. You have to understand though, just be just because Tampa has won the past two years doesn't mean that is directly in hand with the size of their defenseman. It's how they play. You know, oh, yeah. like that, that's something that I think is really getting overlooked here. Yeah, I will say one thing. Um, correlation does not imply causation. Um, just because Tampa Bay has four defensemen over 6-2 doesn't mean that's the reason they won the cup. Yeah. The reason Tampa won the cup is because those four defensemen are really good defensemen. Sergachev, McDonough, Cernak, Hedman, those are really good defensemen. But if you're giving me the option between Adam Fox and Braden McNabb, no one in their right mind would pick Braden McNabb over Adam Fox. And I think the notion that, oh, you cannot win a cup with uh, three small defensemen because nobody has ever won a cup with three, three small defensemen, maybe that's because teams generally don't have three small defensemen, although the Washington Capitals had three defensemen six feet or shorter in 2018 when they won the cup. Just an yep. FYI. Okay, well, there you go. And I think the final comment that we'll be taking here is going to be from just going through it's going to be from uh john and he asked if ryan Suter for one year if ryan Suter is somehow inclined to would would like to come to the big apple i'd say yes <laughs> i would be very much in favor for that i think he'd be a, as good of a replacement for a bot a bottom pair defenseman or even find himself in the top six and keandre moves down one if he say has a little bit of a sophomore slump i'm not against that i don't think you are either steven after the buyout, Ryan Suter makes sense for the Rangers. I don't know if the Rangers make sense for Ryan Suter. Um, the Rangers are probably appealing to players when they look at how, what the Rangers are, are, how they are constructed with the young players coming through, getting to play with the Norris Trophy winner, Panarin, who was a hard finalist last year, uh, Zibanejad, who was on pace to, I think he, he had like the most goals per game last season. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot, lot to like about this Rangers team. I don't know if that tips. I'm going to use this again, but tips the skill in the Rangers' favor. But it could be for some players. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how this team shapes out, though. But that's going to conclude this episode of Rangers Review, guys. So again, I appreciate everyone that chimed in during the live stream, everyone watching live, and if you're hearing this on replay, whether this is on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, thank you so much for that. Please make sure to let us know your thoughts in the comments or leave a review. All that great stuff. So, Stephen, this was a fantastic discussion. I'm excited. Next time we will be doing an episode, guys, will more than likely be probably after the weekend, I would assume, or close to, uh, probably within the next week or so with our schedules coming up. And one, we got the expansion draft. We got the normal draft. We got a lot of things coming up. So, no less. I'm excited. A lot of more moves for the Rangers are inevitably coming, including a guy like Pavel Buchnevich, who I think we might be hearing more so on soon. So, again, guys, thank you all so much. Really appreciate you. And, Stephen. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.